I know I've said this a million times, but I just get the biggest smile on my face when I hear that. Come on, man. I, I love the roar, but I just had the greatest thought. So, let, let, <laughs> okay. All right. We're back with another episode of Bigfoot Revival. I am your host, the Sasquatch, and joining me today is the lethal Harry Smelly. <laughs> Gray Swampy. I'm glad to now, be back up in here. Now, the reason I started guys. off laughing was this. They, the, uh, Swampy has brought some visitors with him. And and they they asked us, what about their names? And I and I came up with a great name. They're the Swampy Pups. Maybe. <laughs> the Pups. Maybe, maybe. You can stick with that. Yeah, you can stick with that. That's right. I, we have. Should I introduce them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. I think you should. That way, right. we're not just talking about them. Our church, and uh, as you know, the Swamp Ape uh, presently is living in Florida, South Florida, and we go to uh, Sheridan Hills Baptist Church in Hollywood, Florida. And we, me and my wife, we kind of hit up the young adult department, or kind of facilitate it, I guess we should say. And we bought up some guys this week. To the farm, so they can get a good. Farm. So they could get a good. You're uh, so city. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> so they could get a good look at what is redneck life uh, in rural North Carolina. And they have hated every moment. No, they haven't. <laughs> well, the cold weather this week has been uh, rough on them because. But yeah. Anyway, anyway, we have Justin with us. Yeah, it's been. We've been down into the single digits. I know. At it's some been cold at night. So, Justin, say hey. Hello. And we have Nick. Hey, hey. And we have Danny with us. What's up? What's up? They're all in our uh, uh, young adults ministry there, affectionately known as the Yammers, young adult ministry. So, anyway, we bring them up here, uh, just kind of hang out between Christmas and New Year's, uh, time of relaxation time of did you call them yammers yammers that's what that's my original no wonder they went with the pups <laughs> i know <laughs> pups is way better than yammers young they're all yeah uh, 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 and 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 Except now everybody everybody listening to this podcast is going yams because young we know what ministry. yams are yeah we eat yams i don't understand yeah. young adult ministry y-a-m yams so anyway we were called college and careers we changed it up a little bit uh, because we want to be more because inclusive. we didn't want anybody to think of you as professional young people that's we right. wanted to think of you as food that's right <clears throat> young adult ministry where swamp eight chews you up and <laughs> yeah. spit you out yeah, that's right so anyway it's good to be back again brother <clears throat> i'm glad we're back on the air with you yams yams we can't even do a podcast now yeah we can that's just so ridiculous no <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about these guys are like this guy's brutal what is wrong with him yeah, exactly they ain't never seen a redneck before uh, so, so <clears throat> you ought to have seen it back when it was uh the four of us all four of us all four pastors i weren't pastor back then but yeah we were we were that was church fun here. yeah yeah redemption yeah, fellowship. that was always fun yeah a lot of fun so anyways <clears throat> old booth yeah the good old days so anyways uh let's see here 
we're going to talk about missions. So um, we're going to start with Brandon because he is, I mean, Brandon, Justin. 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 I don't know where Brandon came from. <laughs> you can call me Brandon. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> I, I have the names written down even so that I don't do something. like I, I'm over here worrying about confusing Nick with, with Justin and that kind of thing, and then I wound up just coming up with a whole new name. Yeah, where did Brandon come from? That's funny. I don't know. Oh, you're thinking about Joe Biden. <laughs> Look, my brother's name is Brandon, and we pick on him. We're like, why have I become so popular all of a sudden? Oh, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Justin is is uh, going to southern Europe to do missionary work, and we wanted to get him up here to talk to him just a little bit about uh, what's going on. Now, And to be clear, he cannot mention everything, all kinds of details, so we'll be mentioning southern Europe, uh, 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 northern africa northern africa but we're not going to be mentioning uh particular Specifics. countries and cities and that kind of thing um because it's dangerous work it's dangerous work and we don't want to uh mess anyone up uh as they are sharing the gospel with these people so um you're going to northern no southern europe and you are going to be uh assisting missionaries the full-time missionaries that are over there right correct all right, so Justin, um, you've done this before, and this isn't just for you. Justin. We got to say also, Justin is preparing for a life, uh, full-time missionary work overseas. All right. So that's his. That's what God's laid on his heart. So tell us a little bit about it. So about the mission work, correct? Yeah, about what Europe. you were, what you're doing, what you did last summer, what you're gonna do this summer. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so for the the mission that I do in Southern Europe, this is my. Fourth, this this past summer was my third time doing it. Uh, I plan on going back next summer for uh, two months. And uh, what we do in Southern Europe, we uh, have a distribution project where we hand out packets to North Africans traveling back to North Africa. And inside of each packet, uh, we have in their native, native language, we have the New Testament. We have the More Than a Carpenter book. Uh, we have a children's book. So because there's a lot of kids that are in these uh, cars as well, going back to North Africa. And then we also have the um, Jesus film, which is also in their native language as well. Um, this is about, if not the number one, but one of the easiest ways to get the gospel into North Africa. And um, is one of the largest ways as well. I mean, for these travelers, there's about a thousand people a day it could be up to. And we go as uh, either two weeks or two month teams uh, to be able to assist the missionaries there so that they can be able to get all these packets out. Um, last year, we did roughly about 4,000 packets. Mm -hmm. So that's not just 4,000 people that are receiving these. These are 4,000 families right. that are receiving these packets. And this can be spread amongst like different villages within North Africa as well. Uh, are the are the the family units are they kind of what we think of a nuclear family unit or is it an extended family unit so are we talking about uh mom dad kids grandparents aunt uncles type of a thing or is it mom and dad and kids oh no it could be a, it could be up to extended families as well okay de depending on how many people are in the car yeah i was i was kind of because in my mind I'm, I'm picturing that and and, and knowing um uh, what little bit i know about immigration i mean in, around here is a lot of times the these people 
travel. I'm trying to be careful with my language and also not be insensitive. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they, they, they. I mean, it's not just the the mom and dad and kids. It's not like you know. Usually, there's there's aunts and uncles and grandparents and all that, and they're all together traveling. So when you when you hand one of these out, it's not just going to, uh, you know, five people. It may be going to ten people, mm-hmm. and, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't very, they also take that? When they go back to North Africa, isn't it, aren't you getting word back that they're also spreading that to others as well? Right, correct, yes. So even we've even got word that when they would discard the packets that other people would find them and that they will come to faith because of that packet that they discarded <laughs> as well. Something. There was one story where um, uh, it was these villagers, they came across the packet discarded, and um, but they didn't know how to read and they went to sleep, and it was three of them, and all three of them had the same dream. And they, in the dream, it was this guy telling them to go to this village, and they took the packet and and they went to this village, and they then was told to find this certain person so that they can be able to um, understand this packet that they found, mm-hmm. and they were led to a Christian, and it was through that Christian that they they taught them how to read and they and they taught them. Um, the gospel and they were saved because of that. That's amazing. Uh, that's, that's amazing. <coughs> that's can, awesome. Can you mention? I'm, I'm going to ask you it this way first. Can you mention what the uh, uh, religious group? So so, and if not, that's fine. Even if it means that we're being extra cautious, right? But um, like like, are we are we converting from atheism as a normative or something else or or? Right. So the the group is uh predominantly muslim okay so these are muslims that we are working with and so how when you're there distributing these packages tell us a little bit about as much as you can how that process works right so yeah so um we'll get up in the morning and we'll go down to where we distribute and um there we would try to hope we literally pray for traffic jams so that the cars can pile up so that we can go to each car no. to be able to <laughs> they're, um, they're thrilled about that <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure to be able don't to let like, this get out <laughs> yeah we call it well um, yeah we pray for traffic jams and then we play in traffic as well we yeah. try not to get hit by buses and yeah, other cars yeah. as well but um it's all for the sake of the gospel right yeah. you know so we go and we um, we approach each car. We would say the phrase in the native language, and then we will offer them the packets. And sometimes they take, uh, sometimes they reject. Um, we have people there um, in our distribution area where they would uh, discourage people from taking it. We have one guy who would literally take the packets out of the car after we would place them in, and that would be very discouraging at times, but... What does he you know, do with them once he takes them out? Sometimes he will give it back to us. Sometimes uh, we've seen him throw the packets, and and many and years pass, uh, he would actually throw the packets. Like he wouldn't even give it to us. He would be disrespectful. Right. But this year, uh, he's been very respectful to us. He's huh. been giving it back to us. Huh. Um, sometimes he will place it on the ground where we will see it, and then we will go and we will just pick really? it up. Really? Just... What now, was the difference? You think I may have been? I may have been. Uh, daydreaming for a second uh, or actually trying to think of what to say or, or ask next but now the person who's pulling these out who was that is that somebody is that somebody 
uh, with another organization, or is it just some random guy who's like, I don't like what you're doing? So it's it's not a random guy, and it's not an organization. This is a guy that's been there for years who just doesn't like what we're doing, and okay. he's actively trying to stop what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. So he, he's somebody who at some point said, hey, these guys are trying to uh, witness or, or – mm-hmm. or, um, um, yeah distribute yeah, distribute mm-hmm. this this christian information i don't like this at all and originally he he started and he he just was he was angry like and just throwing it out of the pack the window he's probably uh was he hostile he he is hostile but mainly with his words not physically hostile, uh, yeah. so verbally and then this year he's he's taken a more right and i think because the other side of our distribution project is that it's a it's really a prayer project that distributes. Uh-huh. So because of the prayers yeah. that we pray to God, you know, we prayed prayers for this guy such as uh, Father, turn this guy from Saul into Paul. Yeah. Because that's what Saul yeah, did. Yeah. Saul would persecute uh, the cool. church. And then we'll pray and turn <clears throat> this guy into Paul. Just as uh, we've seen in the Bible that how Paul uh, got converted. Interesting. So. How about where you are, the authorities of this country that you're in are they they give you a hard time or so the authorities doesn't give us a hard time as long as we're not in their way um but there are some people around uh, our distribution area who are officials and we also have to respect them as well Mm -hmm. um we just have to just don't get in their way and we'll be great so didn't weren't you telling me one day about how one of them on the sly wanted wanted one of the packets so he could take it home right so um you the thing about going back every summer, the good thing about it is that we can build relationships. Yeah. And not only with the with, with the managers that are there as well and the other missionaries, but also with uh, the officials that are there. And um, for the past year, uh, cause, because I went 20, 20, 2021 and then 22, um, I had built a relationship with some of the officials there. And one of them seen us distributing, and they were like, oh, you know, what do you have there? And we're like, oh, this is, you know, the packet. This is a New Testament, but it's in this language, you know. And he said, yeah, you know, let me have one. I would really like to read it. Um, so some of them are very friendly. Some of them are, you know, on the side of the guy that tries to discourage us because mm-hmm. it was one time one of them said, oh, you shouldn't be doing that here. You know, these people are Muslim. You know, they don't they're not going to take it. But we don't care about that. We know yeah. that God saves who he wants to save. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what well, religion they're a part of. So our church is a, a part of a ministry that, that preaches the gospel in front of an abortion meal. Mm. And it's yeah. very... It's hang right. on, David. Hang on. Uh, Yeti, I'm sorry. Our uh, swamp... No, what's your name? <laughs> you sound like my grandma calling <laughs> all the grandkids. <laughs> you notice what he called it, guys? Abortion mill, mm-hmm. not a clinic. Yeah, these guys are serious when they go do this. And and <clears throat> usually, if there's anybody else there, it's Catholics. And and the Catholics are very much don't preach the gospel. Don't don't uh, you know our signs are anywhere from abortion is murder to to let us pray for you. Um, and and um, so we wind up in these these places where people who are even on our side you know what i mean will come up to you and go you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be doing this and it's like everything that we do is gospel centered so so even if the 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 ladies 
aren't aren't willing to to hear it and reject it um the the who knows what the people at starbucks are 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 thinking and doing you know what i mean why well, is it right beside and, starbucks? yeah we're right beside starbucks oh, okay and and so it, it is it is we're we're not interested in in the sense of we want to save babies from being murdered but priority number one is getting the gospel to these people letting them see that this is sin and even that that even if you're someone so we have a lot of people who come up i had an abortion and, blah, and they're loud and they're screaming and we're like we're so sorry sorry for what we're like look you know that's a sin that's a sin but the gospel jesus christ can and will forgive you of that and you can have reconciliation we're not just we, we, you can have it with god and your 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 child that you murdered like you can be reconciled mm. you don't have to have the guilt of killing your child um you know and we'll tell them things like that we'll have people who who holler out uh uh god's not real he's dead or something of that nature and i'm like why are you so mad at him you know, I mean, it's just that's become kind of my normal thing is I just go, why are you so mad at him if he doesn't exist? Like, I don't understand what you, why you're so angry. And uh, that then I get the middle finger and they drive off. But um, but yeah, I mean, the, the your point is you're hoping that as many people can get these as possible. But the idea is not to to. To just be friendly and nice now you don't want to be a jerk and you don't want to put be off-putting but at the same time this takes priority over you know well they're muslims so they're not going to like this well that's fine if they don't like it the important part is that they're getting the gospel in their hands Mm -hmm. and and that's what's important that's what is necessary uh uh paul talks about how uh preaching of the word is a is it to to the outsider is a foolish yeah, thing foolishness but it is it is the power of the gospel that saves mm-hmm. so even though we do things that look foolish to the lost god says i'll use that gospel to save lives mm-hmm. and that that's what's so amazing about about ministry and 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 what you're talking about doing is is yeah all right we'll, we'll make people mad I, it's not that's not my goal it's not my intention to make people mad i know i will make people mad uh, but my hope and goal is that they'll they'll read this or see this or hear this and come to Christ through it. Right. So, mm-hmm. Justin. Yes. Right. All right. So tell us a little bit then, also, Justin, about your future plans. Uh, what your what God's called you to do. Yeah. So um, for my future plans, I plan on eventually moving to North Africa and being a missionary there. Uh, I believe that here in America that we have been saturated with the gospel a lot and. Uh, you know, right here in this church, there's another church, right? Five, what? Five steps away. Yeah. And, uh, you're in the Bible belt, brother. But in North Africa, it's not like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There, there may not be a church for hundreds of miles. So, um, just looking at scripture right here, uh, I, if I can read. Yeah. um, We read scripture here occasionally, (laughs) right? Well, he Uh, does. I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't hear that. I want to I want to call illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> so in, um, in Romans 10, it says, starting in verse 14, I'm going to read 14 through 17. It says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So that's what I believe that this, it was through this passage that I believe that God was truly showing me that, yes, people here in America, they've, they've heard before. I need to go somewhere Mm -hmm. where he want, I believe that he's sending me, he wants to send me somewhere where they've never heard before, where there isn't any churches around, where there isn't any Christians around. So what are you doing to prepare for that right now? So right now I'm in school, I'm studying mechanical engineering. And uh, I plan on trying to use that to be able to enter into North Africa and go through a missionary agency, go through seminary and things like mm-hmm. that. So some of these, as you know, uh, Sasquatch, some of these places where they have to go, they can't just go in as missionaries, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say, hey, here I am as a yeah, missionary. Yeah, yeah. They have to have a profession. Yeah. So what is it you're taking? Mechanical engineering? Mechanical engineering, yes. And you finish that up next year, correct? Right. So I'll finish my AA next year, mm-hmm. and then I'll continue two more years to do my bachelor's. Okay. So he's in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. and that uh, Now, what is it what you would like to do once you get over to North Africa? I mean, work uh, to start churches or work with missionaries? What's your... Right. So wherever, <clears throat> wherever God leads me, really, I really want to start churches and plant okay. churches there. Amen. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. we need. And that's what... Your daddy did. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, for for years. Yeah, dad. For decades. What, last year? When did we do a podcast with him? Last year we talked about A couple years ago, yeah. I'm going to have him give the testimony for these guys this week, too. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but that's um, start churches, man. That's what Paul did, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, get get the churches started so you can send out other people. So, uh, how about these other two guys? Should we talk to them? I don't know. They're your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Can I call you guys Nick. friends? <laughs> no hablas <laughs> pañol. <laughs> <laughs> that so, doesn't work with him. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick has a uh, Nick and Danny both. Now, Justin's been a Christian for several years, and he's got an interesting background, too. He came mm. out of the charismatic movement. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, he was saved out of that. Now, how old are you, Justin? I'm 26. 26, okay. And uh, all three of these guys are looking for a wife, by the way. So I, I told him, hey, you can get a good I know a lot of fat chicks. (laughs) (laughs) If you put godly before that. You're fine with it. Good answer, good answer. Good answer. So anyway, uh, Justin's been saved for a while. Nick. And Danny have been saved just for a couple of years. But uh, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about your testimony, how you came to Christ? Yeah, so um, this February coming up is going to be two years that I've been a Christian. God saved me. And, uh, yeah, I was 28 years old. I'm 30 now. And I was super lost, as lost probably as can be. I was into drinking. That was, you know, typical vice, mine, some drugs, swimming, um, adult content, if I can say. Um, I mean, it's rampant. I think that is just the norm of yeah. every young man in this nation, especially South Florida, amongst all my friends anyways. And, um, yeah, I think that it started off the Lord showing me how corrupt everything was. He was working in me um, before I even knew it, right? Yeah. That's how it goes. Well, your mother was devout and... 
right and had him people at our she her mother went to our church goes to our church and had people praying for him who's yeah. giving this testimony well i just want to make sure he got that in there that's a good point no that's true <laughs> no definitely as, as the lord is working in my heart he was using the people around me uh, yeah to pray for me for sure my mom actually became saved throughout covid so it was like probably half a year before god took my heart um he worked my mom's heart oh i didn't know that part okay yeah super recent yeah yeah um, and she started attending Sheridan Hills throughout all that. And just people that she was interacting with and becoming, uh, building relationships with, they got to know her and know, knew her family and knows that she's pretty much the only one in her family that's saved. And yeah. so she was telling them about, about me to pray for, for me and my sister, my brother, who my sister, and my brother up until now are still lost. Um, but you know, praying for them and, and loving them as much as possible. Um, so yeah, definitely the, I'm, the Lord used her and the people in the church that we go to now to to pray for me and, and love on me when I showed up to church one day, which is a um, big part of, of me hearing the gospel was me coming to Sheridan Hills the first time around. So, yeah, it was it was many years ago, I think, with the war in, in, in Afghanistan, 9-11, and the whole corruption with the government that I thought I can see so visibly in the news, it was... It was bogus and you know how everything was just dramatic and nothing was really to the point of like you know fixing problems i couldn't see how these big big brain people with unlimited resources seemingly couldn't fix these issues right nick nick was the original conspiracy theorist i started it all oh. <laughs> he had a lot of oh. he was into all that stuff i was just yeah. a side point that i think is funny i gave uh, my brother-in-law a cup that said alex jones was right <laughs> And and half of it was for his sake. The other half of it was for our liberal kinfolk mm. <laughs> who wouldn't even touch the cup. Like, like it had evil. Uh, it was all. Oh, you were into all that stuff, weren't you, Nick? I mean, like, I wasn't a fanatic of Alex Jones. But yeah. I was like, this guy is saying something. There's truth to what he was saying. I yeah. mean, as far as I thought, you know, not everything that I thought he was right. saying was true. He was over the top with a lot of stuff. You know? Yeah, a lot of stuff. Well, and, and to be honest, it, when you listen to almost anybody. You have to have a discerning ear, and go right. and go, right, right, right. Whoa! He <laughs> just went off the edge. Wrong. You know, and yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to get on Alex Jones, but <laughs> no, it's a good. It's a good thing to bring it up too, there's because in the water. Yeah, so, there's, there's something in the water, right? So God Which saved you from all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, long story short, he did. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just. <laughs> What, what did Danny say? What did you say, Danny? Danny, Danny goes, there's Danny. something in the water. Yeah, and he exactly. did it. He did it because he knew that that would get him get Nick. And so he doesn't just say it just to be yeah, saying it. Exactly. He said it because Nick goes, well, there is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Danny, Danny knows. <coughs> Danny knows well that there's something uh, in the water, too. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, to your point, I didn't get all riled up with Alex Jones' stuff. I didn't get riled up with, uh, you know, whole Obama, Bush stuff, but I just knew that all this stuff was totally not how it was presenting to us. Yeah. The truth is out there, yeah. and they're not giving it to us. They, meaning like our authorities, the yeah. people who are leading us. Did that overwhelm you? Is that just what was always on your mind? It was frustrating. Yeah. I had a lot of family members of uh, mine that um, were, and I tried to ask them about it like what do you guys think about the ingredients in our food uh-huh isn't that kind of weird you know everything is pumped full of sugar and high fructose corn syrup and they would just they wouldn't give me an inch they would just say 
why are you even thinking about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't like, you know, crawl into a hole and then, you know, shun all food. You know, I didn't go in, 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 anorexic. I ate, you know, because it was what was around. Yeah. Um, and it was what I had to do. You know, I still took showers. We well, used to have to eat. I mean. Right. And take showers, I was going to say, because there's fluoride in the water, right? So it's Wow. You were that? You were that? Cognizant of all that stuff. You, you can't get away from wow. all of it. But, I mean, you have to live with it, right? So right. I mean, whatever. I didn't like, yeah, like I said, I didn't crawl into a hole. I wasn't like, you know, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go outside because this, you know, sunlight's going to kill me kind of thing. But yeah, uh, you just, you kind of like, I just became aware of it, right? So God, way back when, was just opening my eyes in certain ways to seeing that this isn't really true. Yeah. The yeah. society is not the way that's going to lead us to any kind of like promised land politics the idea of of, of us evolving into a, a utopia was was a lie yeah because right yeah people like us we go to school people like us we go to school and we hear about evolution and about how we came from pretty much nothing yeah right dinosaurs i mean that, that's the that's the eschatology well between that and it's either it's either we're going to evolve into some kind of utopia or the the Caesar, all the icebergs are going to melt and drown everybody. Yeah. It's it's one of those two. Those are just two eschatologies of of the 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 secular humanism. Humanism, right. yeah, yeah, secular humanism. So then, what can you point to any one event that said, "Hey, I need I need Jesus." Yeah, I definitely. It was it was COVID. I was going to say uh, the COVID twenty sixteen election. Because I put I put all my cards and my chips in that pile. Really, I yeah. was I was thinking there. This guy's saying some great stuff. This guy's like talking about um, so not selling out to Hillary. globalism. Well, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> so you're right. I put all my chips into Hillary. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the only honest person amongst everyone. <laughs> Missions, conspiracy. Right. So, but why? I don't. In other words, I freaked out on him one day, and I was like. He, they murdered somebody. They literally murdered people. And I'm turning away from the mic, just hollering into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> on one of your podcasts, I remember that. But what, what, what do you mean by that, by two, the, the, the election? You thought that now we're going to be good? No, I, I thought, uh, <clears throat> right, so the election was a big turning point. Um, how I viewed society, because I was still on social media at the time, uh -huh. and I just saw the worst of everybody come out. Right. right, and it was like, if something like this, we we try to vote for a president, and something like this can tear our society apart. You know, families, and I was like, well, we really don't have any, I don't know, hope of of uniting or anything oh, like that. Okay. So I don't know. I, I was I was pretty bummed out about that, you know. And then Donald Trump won, and that's the kind of guy that I was rooting for. Well, at least what he was talking about, anyways, auditing the Fed, you know, bringing back the gold standard, taking away globalism, so that the United States would actually mm -hmm. put into place policies and 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 um, ideas that were for us not right. for selling us out as if we're like you know cattle or like a, a workman society that we're just working for other people just for the 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 rest of the world <coughs> and when he came in and you know he did his thing he did some great things uh for the u.s but i realized that after he left things were really not any off better society wasn't better the news still was going crazy not being the news and uh and what about covid and then covid happened and um i kind of saw how the world caved in you know the authorities mm -hmm. really failed to handle it responsibly and um take care of who they they say they're supposed to take care of which is the people that they're governing 
Hmm. Uh, so the world got really dark for me. Um, I thought I I remember realizing how quickly things changed. Things just stopped, and it's all because the people who the majority of everybody puts their trust in just turned the dial and just yeah. said, "We're all going to stop." That was incredible how that how quickly the world changed uh, during COVID. Let me ask you a question: Did that speculative mindset when when introduced to the Christian faith did that allow you to go here's a worldview that contradicts everything else or was that not even you just heard the, the truth of the gospel and, and thought it was like 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 how did that come about like what was your thought process well I um I remember thinking the first time around, I went to Sheridan Hills, um, and our pa- our lead pastor, head pastor, Pastor Andrew, was preaching. Um, it was on Micah, right? An Old Testament minor prophet of all things, me coming to hear the gospel. Um, and I remember him just giving a lot of context about the regions and the geography and the peoples. And I remember him, like, reading about Syria and... Uh, you know, rivers of Euphrates and Egypt that are in the Old Testament all over the place. And I kind of thought that the Bible wasn't a myth. It's not just some fairy tale. That's where I came yeah. out of. I, I thought that, that it was all kind of like a hokey-pokey, hocus-pocus kind of thing. Okay. So and what brought you to the church, though, that first time to listen? Yeah, that was the first time really seeing faithful preaching of the Bible, of the Word, just being broken open and oh, okay. studied like a legit textual you know an, an artifact you know yeah. a historical document um you know providing all the evidence what brought me to sheridan hills um the first time was actually throughout covid right i was kind of thinking that society let's go back to COVID a little bit um can't get enough there was a time in my life throughout covid where i was like you know this is all going to collapse you know I look to my left my right you know people are going to start hunting each other for food families you know are not gonna be able to pay how are they going to survive so I'm thinking, like, this is all going to go quickly, you know. The world in which you live in is going to go. Um, I didn't think we'd recover. So I ended up, like, selling a lot of my things and buying a lot of things. So I sold, you know, things, like, I didn't think I'd use for, like, my all my musical equipment because I love music and I had uh, quite a bit of things. So I, I totally traded all those stuff for guns, money, or guns, wow, actual gold, wow. medals. You were ready for the end times. Zombie Food. apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> That's the benefit of being a redneck. I didn't have to sell anything. I just had it. I mean, (laughs) I inherited a good bunch of it. My granddad gave it to you, right? That's awesome. So now none of my grandparents, none of my family is all anti-guns. So, yeah, I had uh, all these, like, you know, equipment and guns, and I'm like, man, I haven't been able to shoot these things. I'd love to, but I guess when the day comes, I'll go ahead and practice that. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, and then my mom, back to my mom and her being saved throughout COVID, um, I was living on my own in my own apartment and she'd come over, you know, visiting me more and more as she's saved because she's caring for me. She knows that, you know, like I'm on my own and I'm kind of like, she knows I'm lost. She knows like I'm a conspiracy guy. And um, she she wanted to give me the gospel. She wanted to show me that there's a hope. There's a world out there that is what we were made for. And it's not of this. Amen. It's none of this. And um, uh, she she'd come over and she'd uh, she'd see the state that I was in. I had uh, liquor bottles all over the place. Um, I, I was just 
I was still functioning, fully functioning. I had a job I kept. I, I love my job. I love my, my family, my friends that I kept since that I had since high school and middle school. But she um, she's like, you know, hmm. At Sheridan Hills, there's a men's event that's coming up, and it's called Guys Get Your Guns. And it was just like a trip over to Central Florida in, in some open land where one of the deacons has some land over there. And they're just they were saying, let's let's invite a bunch of guys over here. Let's have like a you know, barbecue, some cooking, some food, and get to you know fellowship with each other. Bring your guns, and we can shoot some steel in the Sasquatch, fields. Sasquatch, you would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a, just another Saturday perhaps for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so almost, <cool>. almost. <laughs> That's right. You went to that, didn't you? Yeah, that was something new for me. I never shot a steel target in an open field. It was always indoors. You know? yeah. Did you take was that all your the first guns? time you were able to shoot your yeah, gun? So a couple new guns, yeah. You That's took awesome. all your guns with you? I did. When you said I, that, that you were just going to wait for the apocalypse to happen to shoot, I'm going, uh-uh. <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. I get a gun, man. I've got to shoot it. I've got to shoot it. Yeah. You know, I just if it's just walking out onto the back deck and 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 shooting out into the field or something. Crazy. I mean, I've got to be able to do that. Uh, that's so awesome that you can just do that up here. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. You got the neighbors don't the house. You hear all the do- the guns. The neighbors don't off. call or anything. Nothing. I mean, just, nothing. <clears throat> sure, it's just normal. So you went? Did you hear the gospel up there? No, no. But what I did see was the gospel. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Amongst the brothers that were there, all, all, all the men that were there from different ages, sons, fathers, grandfathers, um, people from Brazil, people from actually like, you know, Haiti, um, and all over the U.S., loving each other. Yeah. No barriers, nothing. And it was like such a real huh. love, friendship, fellowship. And I, was, I remember just being blown away. Yeah. Because I'm coming from like everyone's going to eat each other in two weeks. Let me go shoot these guns and, you know, whatever. These Christian guys, I, I don't I don't care. As long as they don't, like, you know, hit me over the head with the Bible, I'm fine. Yeah. As long as I'm not the target. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, in a way, I kind of was a target, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So, praise the Lord for that. Um, so, so yeah. when did you finally make come to Christ then? Oh, well, they, they invited me to Sheridan Hills, right, the, the following Sunday. I was like, these guys aren't so bad. Um, so, then I, start, I went and I started hearing it. I came to Christ... Um, after wrestling with my own convictions, you know, like mm-hmm. you have your questions and you know, you want your answers. If this is the real deal, then what does the Bible say about suffering? How could God allow that? You know? Right. Um, so, you know, there's some big questions like that I had. Thank God though. There was people like, uh, one of the pastors, another elder that was there that would just invite me to like, uh, you know, lunches and coffee and, and dinners and they would just take their sweet time with me. And, um, I thought that was just so awesome. And so, yeah, a few months of wrestling with it. Um, it was in February. Yeah. I went to the gun thing uh, September. And then from September here in the gospel, and you know, up until February is like when I had no choice. I said, yeah. this is all real. And what am I going to do? I can't. Um, February, what year was that? 2021. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 We, okay. So, yeah. and that, and since then. Nick is just all these guys just surround themselves with godly single people, yeah, but also married people that just surround them and disciple them. Yeah. That's a good thing about our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a great testimony. Yeah. How 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 has the gospel? How has being saved? Uh, affected your worldview on all this stuff? Ah, good question. Um, 
it has changed everything about every single day why I get up, um, why I'm doing the things I'm doing, why I even have a job. I want to keep my job because it's an opportunity to help the people there yeah. know about Christ. Um, and it affects everything. Like I was, I remember I was switching jobs and I'm thinking to myself, what does God want? Where does he want? And that's all I want to be. Where, where I want to be is where God yeah. wants me to be at. Not where I want to be at, you know, making mo- more money or less. Yeah. God will provide for me. So what I remember just thinking and praying and, you know, just really putting my, my faculties to where should I go for the Lord? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's pretty much with with all things. All right. Uh, that's a great testimony, man. And and we also have Danny with us. Why don't you give him the uh head nope. the, uh, the headphones there, yeah. And Danny's been saved what, a couple years now? About like one or two years. Oh about yeah. one year. Okay. A year? And he or well, tell us a little bit about that and how you came to Christ. So starting, <clears throat> starting back in, I want to say 2020, in the beginning of it, I used to have a job where I was a butcher, actually. <laughs> and um, there was a coworker there who was a Christian. And I would ask this guy questions, but he'd always have the answers. Yeah. Clear and concise. And I was like, whoa. And... I was a guy, my family never brought me to church, never heard the gospel, and I was like, wow. And so from there, I, I read um, the Bible, started with the five books of Moses, ended there. <laughs> you started with Genesis? You just started and ended. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why, why did you start reading? To I was just like, I'm curious. Yeah, Danny's naturally curious. He's always questioning and growing. He just wants to know stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so, so what happened after that? So, yeah, then I met a couple friends in high school. Um, and they took me to this church in Taft Street. And let me see. Yeah, so then I didn't know the gospel yet. I was still, I was just going to church. I was a pagan going to church. Yeah. And. Um, what, were you just there to meet girls or what? Yeah, I guess I was just there to just be there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of times pagans go to church because they want to meet a nice girl. Around yeah. here especially, right? Side Squad, they'll do that. And that <laughs> what you did when you were younger? <laughs> you said? No, 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 no. I went, I went to church because it was what was expected of me. Uh, right, of course. So I'd go get drunk and do yeah. some catfishing at night, hang yeah. out with my buddies, and uh, we'd party all night long. And then I'd go to church hungover. Yeah, I'd go sit next to my mom and lay my head on her shoulder and, and pass she, out. And she was okay with it as long as you were at church, right? No, 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 okay, no, not my mama. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times that's the case. It's like just being church. No, not my mama. Yeah. So you were there, and why? What? Why that church? What happened? So friends from high school actually had oh, brought okay. me there. So, and then after that, the pandemic hit, uh-huh. and I kind of felt to like. The, the sphere that Nick was at. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, the elites are in control of everything here, and this is all hoax and stuff. So Wow. And all throughout 2020, I was like that. And um, 2021 happened, and one of the pastors actually invested in me. His name is uh, Pastor Scott. 
Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> not at Sheridan Hills, but this other at, church. Yeah, at Taft yeah. Street. And um, we were just talking, and he would just meet with me every Wednesday. He invested time in me, and I was. Mm-hmm. And that, the result of that was something eternal. I was like, wow. And and I remember, not too long ago, thanking him for that. Mm-hmm. You know, after even disconnecting from him with for a long time, and I really thanked him for that. I remember it was August, and he was like, "I want you to read these two books, Systematic Theology" by <laughs> Wayne Grudem. <laughs> And by the way, Swamp Ape loves systematic theology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wayne Grudem. Go ahead. And the other book? <laughs> and Everyone's a Theologian by the Blessed R.C. Sproul. Oh, Everyone's a Theologian. He asked you to read those two books, huh? Yeah. And so <laughs> Did you read them? I haven't read Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. Yeah. That's, that's a big book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a big book. You can find better systematic theologies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, but did you read the other one? Uh, yes. Everyone's a Theologian. Which like was reformed theology, uh-huh. but for like, like layman, right? You know, like just simplifying it. And I, I was. Have like, you read that book, Christ Paul? I have never read that. No, book. I don't believe I have. I know of it, but I don't yeah. think I've read it. So how did that change you? And man, when I read that book, I was like, wow. And this you're reading as an unbeliever. I was reading this as a non-believer, yeah, <laughs> or at least someone who just didn't get a good understanding right. of the gospel. And when I read it, I was like, wow. God uh, came down on earth, dwelt among us, yeah. took the penalty of my sins on the cross, and resurrected for my justification. Uh-huh. So I was like, wow. And that right there, I just came to faith. Wow. Gave your heart, yeah. gave your life to Christ. Yes. Yeah. So, and then Danny came to our church, what, about a year ago? Yeah, in April. No, not quite a year. So nine months. Yeah. And he's just jumped in and... You know, went through the whole uh, starting point, which is their membership class. I got baptized at the at the beach. That's right. Yeah, got baptized first at the beach, and so he's just all three of these guys just on fire. They just want to. They love God. They love the Lord. They just want to serve Him. Whatever yeah. that looks like. Yeah. So a couple things that that I'm I'm picking up is churches. I mean, you've talked about this in the past, not on the podcast, but Churches have got to be willing to pick up these guys who are being told, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that they're that that they're the problem, they're the issue. Because what's happening is exactly what y'all were talking about. It's it's pushing people into fringes, and the church has to be saying, uh, "No, here's the truth, clearly and concisely. It, it can't be. It can't be weebly wobbly. It can't be well." We believe, no, it has to be, thus says the Lord, mm-hmm. and and it needs to be spoken in a way that men can hear and say, there's authority there, there is there's truth. It's not just authority in the sense of, of the person speaking has authority. It's the words of truth that have authority. Right. And um, to be there to pick up, because, because especially since COVID and everything that's been going on, the world's pushed a, a lot of people into these corners and, and have tried to say, you know, uh, uh, these people are good because of whatever and these people are bad because of whatever. And, and you know, the, the part of it, you know, part of it's race, part of it's did you get jabbed or not, 
part of it is, uh, you know, are you for transgender children or not? Yeah. You know, and if you stand against that stuff, um, and you you stand for the truth, you're you're going to attract people who who have been saying this isn't right, but not know exactly how to put their finger on it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so the church has to be there. The church cannot continue to to try to compromise with the the authority of the world. Yeah, and 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 continue to alienate people looking for truth. Yeah. It, it can't. And, that, and that's one thing that I picked up. The other thing that I picked up is strong discipleship within once saved. Yeah. That that, that actually discipleship, you know, I've heard this, and, and so I don't want to neglect it, but, um, you know, discipleship starts when somebody gives you the gospel, even if you don't accept it, even if you, you know, you reject it. Um, you know, you're, you're still, you're, that's, that's the beginning of discipleship. Like, you didn't the first time either of you heard the gospel. You you didn't go, oh okay. Well, I want to give my whole life to Christ now. You know, it, it took time. It took people investing. It took more than just. And so then that occurred, and then it continued. That discipleship continued to to being vested in the to the men, and that's something that churches. Um, I can't speak about everywhere, but especially in this area, um, are horrible at. Yeah, they're horrible. It's it's get them saved. Um, you know, uh, we're not afraid of them going anywhere because this church their grandparents and parents went to. And yeah, and, and that cultural Christianity. Yeah, the, and the one thing about the church where we're going now is the pastor. When you go, your first lesson that they give when they go to starting point, which is our membership class, yeah. difference between what was it, guys? Remember. Cultural versus Christianity versus biblical biblical Christianity. Have you ever heard the term? Uh, um, uh, oh no, I can't think of it. Carnal Christian. Mm-hmm. Oh, have yeah. you ever heard that I term? I grew up with that. That's so horrible, isn't I it? Grew up with that. Like, like uh, you guys ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, carnal Christian, and, and that's their. That will say, oh, he's just carnal. In other words, he lives like the devil. He's in church on Sundays, but he lives like the devil the rest of the week. Oh, he's just a carnal Christian. Yeah. Instead yeah. of saying that he he's an unbeliever. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. grew up with that. Yeah. Did you too? Yeah. 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 I now the the guys that I sat under were railing against carnal Christianity. You know, oh, they were I did. they were going they were going, There's no such thing as a carnal Christian. Yeah. And so that's what I grew up hearing. I grew up under really good doctrine. I just needed Christ to save me. Yeah. <laughs> So what what's our time look like there, Mr. Sasquatch? We oh, we're good. good. We're good. We we're not even at an hour. We're ten minutes from an hour. All right. Doing so, well. so we we can talk about anything well, at this point. Whatever y'all what are we want gonna to say, Danny. There's either saints or ain'ts. That's right. That's there's, right. That's right. There's saints or ain'ts. Swamp ape told me that. Yeah, no, <laughs> actually, that was from uh, what's his name, uh, the old pastor. Which one? Ah. Uh, I'll remember in a second. How old? I heard he's he's up in heaven now. Older than you? Huh? Older than you? That's old. No. Older than me? Yes. Impossible. He said no. <laughs> yeah, he said me. that's impossible. Yeah, older than me. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a pleasure. I love being with these guys. It's um. Well, let, 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 all right. So I'm going to do this then. All right. Since we do have a little bit of time. These guys are directly under you in ministry. Not under me, no. I facilitate. 
when I came in, Justin. Are you in charge or not? Yeah, I I guess mm-hmm. they would show. What, what would they call me, Justin? Um, young Adults Ministry Facilitator. What would the What would they call me? Right, Curry, the, the facilitator. Yeah, and the leader of the college and career. Yeah. Okay. So, but when so I got here, Justin was already serving. As, okay. As we have a support team. Okay. Now Nick and uh, Danny are not on the support team. We try to get uh, once a year to come up here with our support team, but we hope maybe one day. But Justin was already serving the Lord and thank you. Already well on his way. These two guys, I was able to had the privilege when they first came in to be able to hook up with them early. All right. So, so, so not to get sidetracked with that though. You would you consider that y'all are under official discipleship from that guy? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. That's what I want. Yes. He so 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 he's one of the best that I've met in my life. Now he would wow. never say that. He would never. But he is excellent at taking men. I don't even know if he's consciously aware of it, but wow. taking young men and walking with them. Um, he does not mind asking awkward questions. Y'all have probably witnessed that. Right. He does not mind uh, uh, pushing you, and 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 so. Uh, I, uh, I I just love dealing with these guys. Love working with them. Well, that that's that's part of it too, right? I yeah. mean that that a genuine love for one another, a brotherly love mm-hmm. for one another, and and to to spur each other on in in fellowship and 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 to uh, edify each other. And I didn't grow up with that. Did you grow up with that? No, no, uh, man. I've. I, I tell these guys often. I say, you guys are so privileged to be in a church that believes that and pushes it. Yeah. Um, these guys, where, where we're from, and you, you know this. <clears throat> it is difficult to even if somebody wants to disciple somebody. There's not been an example of discipleship yeah. laid before them. So they don't know how to go about it in a way. And what it turns into is it either turns into we're going to meet and talk about whatever, right? And it may be spiritual, it may not. Or here's a book. We're going to walk through this book, and at the end of the book, we're done. No. And those are the, that, those are tend to be the two, mm-hmm. you know, the real organic, so to speak, where it's more – uh, well, we're buddies. We're going to meet. We're going to talk. And then I'm going to ask you questions like, how's your marriage? And you're going to tell me fine. And then we're going to leave it. Or uh, here's a book. It's a great book. We're going to walk through this book. And then when that book is over with, it, we're, we're going to yeah. stop. And and so um, with these, with with our ministry there, what's so good about this these particular guys and others, of course, is that they're constantly in con- contact with them and especially if they like would miss a service or they're going through stuff in their in their uh life they're reaching out they're holding them accountable and that's in between all the young adults yeah and um that i've never had that I- i'll give you an example growing up guys i don't think i've ever told you this um, I was in high school and I was talking with one of my buddies one day and I was I was a Christian at the time but just wasn't living it. Um, he was a carnal Christian. Yeah, carnal Christian. They call a carnal Christian. <laughs> I um, but I was doing. He heard 
our youth director, as they were called back then, walked by, heard me. That's somebody who you don't want to call pastor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, He heard me talking to one of my buddies, and I was saying something I should never. I was talking about one of the girls I was dating at the time. His response, my youth pastor, youth director, pulled me aside right then and said, "Hey, you shouldn't be doing like that. Just think about the future." And that was it. Never. Here's scripture. Here, let's talk. Let's go have dinner. Let's let's talk about what you're doing. All that that was it. Because that's what we grew up in. You, yeah. You you may address it from the pulpit, but you never have one on one with anybody. Yeah, I think I think a big part of it is the collapse of Christian culture in this area. Yeah. So, at one time. You you didn't need that type of discipleship because it was so it was so tied into the culture, right? To where mm-hmm. to where you didn't have to have someone individually discipling you. Everybody was discipling you. Mm-hmm. That that's part of the culture. And so, as the culture changed, there was never a good system that stepped into between that to say okay this is how we disciple it was just so then you had men who were of authority who who said uh don't drink don't smoke don't don't chew don't date girls that do have you ever heard that one and don't drink nope. don't chew don't go with girls who do <laughs> that was what we and, grew up with and uh <laughs> <laughs> it was rare to meet one that chewed, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but but you know the the whole idea was nobody could answer why. Yeah, nobody could answer why because it 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 had been something that had slowly been right done away with, and we came up in that trend. Well, well, I can even say we. Because you were probably, I don't know. I mean, there, there was that transition period to where the church was trying to figure that out. Right. Why is the church shrinking? Why? Mm. Why? And, and discipleship, you know, became, I guarantee you, your dad was never told, well, you need to be discipling people. No, of course not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like I like, was never told that. And, and it was, it was preached the gospel. It's, it's raise your kids. It's, it's. And some of that Take involved church, discipleship. Church on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and Tuesday night visitation. Let that be the discipleship. But see, that was something too. I mean, now you have the church met five, six times a week. Yeah. Now they meet twice, uh, if they meet twice. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, a lot of churches only meet Sunday morning. Um, and 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 so there again, who's discipling who? Because because you're no longer in that environment. It's got to be done in the houses. And so, got to be done well that, one-on-one. And, and, and we talked about this a while back, the confronting the culture. Part of how you confront the culture is through discipleship. Uh-huh. And, and it's got to be more than just, it, it's, it's got to be genuine community. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you had genuine community. And now you have Facebook. Yeah. And everything is Instagram. a community. You've got... You've got TikTok. The, here's a good example: the LGBTQTRS, <laughs> you know, community. 
But you're not a community. Just because I know you online does not make us a community. I Because we share a common love for something or, or a hobby or whatever it is does not make us a community. What makes it a community is living together. Mm-hmm. And uh, the church is right now at this point not living together. Yeah. And discipleship is taking someone and actually living with that person. Now, not in the same house, obviously, but but within the sense of, right. like you were just saying, if somebody misses church, hey, man, well, you all right? You sick? What, what's yeah. going on? And, it's, and, and this group, they do that wonderfully. Yeah. They and it's, are in tune, and they're not afraid. These guys are not afraid. One of their friends at work church, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Why are you missing church? What, how's your quiet time? What are, what are you doing? Why are you with these people? So back in the day, the way that looked is you had, say, I mean, this church is over 100 years old. The building is. And so you took it to this church. It was Presbyterian. You had the Baptist and you had the Presbyterian. And and the Baptist went to the brick church. The Presbyterians went to the one with the bell tower. Now the Baptists own all of it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you, you um, somebody missed church. Guess what? I guarantee you there was somebody at the church who went, he he did this, or he's got the flu, or something. You wouldn't even have to call. Everybody would have already known because they everybody everybody who went to these two churches lived within five miles of this building yeah. back in the day. You you see what I'm saying? Like there was actual community, so they would get together. I was talking to Peterson about this, mm-hmm. and he said that their family, your church, your, your the church, you're named after you. Yeah. Um. Well, I was I was waiting for that. I was waiting for you to roll your eyes at me. But um, so so they would just get together once a year and help his dad or granddad or maybe yeah. both trim the grapevine. He said they didn't even have to ask. They didn't even have to ask. It was just something they did. Oh, Why? Because they lived in such a community. They lived so close, and we didn't have the globalization of everything. It was everything. Yeah. Everybody you knew was within that five mile radius, basically, um, except for the once or twice a year you drove to Raleigh or Wilmington. Actually I'm pointing backwards, but Yeah. And and, and outside of that, you basically lived within that area. Uh-huh. I remember um I mean even even me growing uh early nineties, you know, if somebody needed a, a roof on their house, the whole community came together on Saturday and we put a roof on a house. Mm-hmm. If if something needed to happen, it happened. Um and now that same community in which I'm living now Nothing like that ever happens. Yeah. Nothing like that ever happens. And, and and it's just the culture has changed. Exactly. Tremendously. And so and we need discipleship now. No, 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 no. At all. Um, guys, what's Pastor always pushing about community? We need to do it together. Oh, yeah, but what's it called? What do we have there at the church? Community groups. Yeah, community groups. Everybody, if, to be a member of the church down there, you have to sign, say, hey, I'm going to be a part of this community. How large are your your average community groups? Ours is right now is probably fifteen. Man, it's so spread out. <laughs> I, uh, no, but they're all groups. different clusters. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all our community groups down there are based on what zip code you live in. Okay. <clears throat> so okay. how many's in yours, Danny? Community group. I got about ten people. I about probably thirty, 
35. That's the bigger one then. We yeah. don't like them that big. They'll yeah. probably be breaking that up soon if yeah. they find yeah, someone that can take busted. it. I have about 30 people in my yeah, community Yeah, they'll group. probably be breaking that up. It went from four people to 30 yeah. within yeah. the last That's year. That's what we call our church. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a big a big church. Well, I know that. Um, what but, I'm saying, though, is, is, is with the community group. So you're, we're looking at a church. About 50 head if you include the, the kids. Mm-hmm. A little more, but um, about 50 head if you include the kids. And you've got people from Warsaw yeah. to uh, Watha. Yeah. That's a big span. Yeah, that's a lot. And, 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 a lot and that's, one of the, that's one of the hardest things I've had to deal with as a pastor is we've got this very spread out congregation. And there's not enough of them living in an area. Right. So, like, right. if we were to have a community group for Warsaw and Keenansville, you're only looking at three people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, say, Northeast and Northeast and Chinkapin area, you would have six, uh-huh. seven, eight, yeah, eight, but eight you, people. That you, would be the largest. Yeah, but you do a good job here making sure there's community we try we try yeah i mean i mean that that's that's always the challenge it's 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 what i recognize as this is a difficult thing so i'm putting extra effort into to accomplishing it and you're talking about two world cultures between south florida and oh yeah yeah, yeah, north carolina yeah (laughs) a lot of difference as these guys have seen just in the two days they've been here one of the one of the one of the things that me and um you command we're talking about just yesterday was the the cultural differences and how in this area you have a very self-sufficient mentality mm-hmm. so there again you had this 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 time and place to where everybody came together as a community but now even that's gone away so everybody thinks they're supposed to pick themselves up by the bootstraps and are afraid to ask for help yeah. All of us, yeah, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well because I'm from the. I mean, the, the, I'm from the same community that built that, and it's like I don't want to ask for help. Mm. Uh, it's a pride thing. It's a. It's a. It's a. There's all kinds of reasons for yeah. it, but but, and where I think, when you've got a more uh, uh, metropolitan urban areas, people don't even own cars. Like they'll hop on a bus if they mm. want to go somewhere, or they'll hell a taxi or depending on you know what city they're they're from um they don't haul off their own trash they don't they're not responsible for their own gas i mean you got to pay the gas bill but you, you don't have to call anybody to have it delivered your 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 um your uh, sewage i'm responsible for my own sewage you know i have a septic tank i mean my own well yeah like like really the only thing that's piped in is electricity Everything else is is there on the property, right? That that creates a mindset different of one who says, "Well, I don't need help. I'm self sufficient," which is what I'm struggling with. Right. Versus a group who would be more willing to uh, say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they don't mind asking for help because they're not res- there, there's not as much responsibility. Right. And there's a good and bad to that. I mean, both both of those things have a good point and a bad point right like 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 
one's more susceptible to to just going along while the other one's going to mm-hmm. question every little thing. Right. If you if you want to see something fun, come to one of these little rural churches and and go to a budget meeting. Like I, like because a little bit about everybody it. wants to like nitpick and you know they're like what is this twelve dollars here for you know yeah. you're like why are you asking about twelve dollars uh, I think it was gas I don't know <laughs> you know and so uh, uh, but at the same time you I think I think in this area you have a more reliance on right. God and yourself rather than the system around you mm-hmm. does that make sense yes so we covered today what from world missions to <laughs> rural north carolina well it's all it's all missions though yeah that's true that, that that's the the running theme yeah is, that's true. is missions so anyway thanks for having us again brother and thank you guys justin nick and danny for being here yes sir i appreciate it it's good to get to know y'all a little bit and you can always find us. Have y'all got anything you want to promote or anything? Y'all got websites or? The gospel. The gospel. I hear oh, you. Right. I hear you. Good answer. So, Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> so you can find us at Bigfoot Revival uh, uh, website, the www.bigfootrevival.com. Uh, Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us at all that kind of fun stuff. Uh Remember, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Yo, Swamp Ape. We we up out of him. We out, son. Are we out? Yeah. If you like it or not.